Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today we're bringing back a returning co-host. Was actually was recently a new co-host. So I'll have to figure that out, but new slash returning. Uh, but we're recording this show only a week after I just got back from South Africa. Um, I just aired a couple of episodes about South Africa and my little adventures over there. And, uh, and our co-host today, she actually through recent connections with me has been actually also trying to get me hooked up with some connections up in Banff, Canada with a, uh, a future wedding of mine. So without further ado, uh, Sarah Dandashi, welcome back to the show. Dan- Thank Dandashi. you for having me. Dandashi, you got it. Got you it. Got, it. got it. There we go. So it's such a fancy name. It, I mean, it's, oh, so I fancy. It's got some flair. It's got some yeah, flair. I mean, yeah, it's Lebanese. I see. Yeah. You got a, you got a, a flaring... Lebanese name in LA. I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My middle name is Muhammad. What? Fact. We didn't talk about that last time. That's crazy. No, we did it. Wow. Hey, look, you know, we got surprises. We just got to keep me coming. I mean, on. for our listeners, for the re- for the regular <laughs> listeners, I mean, obviously, she and I connected kind of funny because you actually are from this area, or your family's from this area. So mm-hmm. uh, that was just funny. Sorry, again, to our newer listeners, we're I'm here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia. Uh, you, Sarah, are out in L.A., beautiful California. So yes, uh, you're not on, right. you're not on fire, right? No. Okay, good. We're not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the whole wildfire thing always comes up nowadays. That now, once people learn about my background, and then obviously you guys just wine country is just torched mm-hmm. off this year. So I know, I know, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy year, but um, yeah. First, it's earthquakes. Now it's wildfires. Um, but you know, 99.9% of the time, it's pretty awesome. That's okay. You know, when the big quake hits, you guys supposedly crack off, you float off. I mean, everybody says you guys are going to sink into the ocean. My thing is like, you just become an Island. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think all the movie movie stuff makes it too negative. I, I say you guys become a really exotic Island. Yeah. I mean, that's awfully glamorous. Although to be fair, I just came back from Palm Springs and I got a whole, lecture about the San Andreas fault and that is not possible. See, that's what I always thought too. I think they just they just need an excuse to rock it in Hollywood. I don't know. It, totally. All totally. Right. <laughs> well, so to our listeners guys, we we literally just hopped on to get this show uh fired off for you guys and we just started geeking out about South Africa cuz I just got back from there and then all of a sudden I just started asking Sarah about I just saw on social media something about a smiley face about being happy and I love mindset and we were about to talk about it and I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on let me at least hit record <laughs> cuz we're, we're I don't want to lose any of this so so for our listeners guys you're about to learn, learn about a smiley face thing on social media so catch me up Sarah what, what what's going on with you online right now a smiley face thing okay actually so <laughs> super cool because in LA starting November 20th so that's the Monday before Thanksgiving um, they are opening up a thing that's called the happy place and it's an exhibit um, where people get to come and it's you go through a series of different rooms and it's all things that kind of make you happy or about being happy and are just a little, little fun. Um, for those and where is might, this set at? Just for our listeners. I mean, is yeah, this- yeah. So it's actually, it's built out in a warehouse in downtown LA. Okay. Um, to give you a bit of backstory, some people might've heard of something called the museum of ice cream. Um, the museum of ice cream opened up in LA. Well, that sounds like uh, fun. Yeah. Oh gosh. So good. 
good, so good. That opened in um, May. And so basically it was this, you know, pink museum and every room is like all like ice cream themed stuff. And the whole point of it is that they really, they make it a Instagrammable experience. Of and course. Don't, it's not a very LA thing. This is a very apropos, very 2017 thing. Not just LA. Uh, so it was, to they, me, it briefly, it seemed to me like it was like a artistically influenced cultural exhibit concept thing kind of happening centered around happiness. I don't know. Totally. To- right. That's exactly what it is. Did I pick up is. on that right? Okay. You totally did. And it's interactive. Not bad for an East they- Coaster. <laughs> yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. So anyway, the same people who did the Museum of Ice Cream, um, this is their second venture and they're doing, it's the happy place. So uh, I, I got to do a preview of it yesterday and uh, it was pretty awesome it seems like a logical spinoff i mean if you were to think about a a succession of projects you go from a museum of ice cream which let's be real i mean think about back to childhood it's usually it's centered around happiness Mm -hmm. so why not move on to a happy or project yeah exactly exactly no i know it's it's really great and uh apparently there's going to be another one opening up uh in a month called candytopia so what another one of their projects or like a competing project or a competing project okay but i mean i have let's be real are we really competing or are we just trying to spread the good word of happiness so i don't know i i think these are all really fun interactive it actually really goes to show you um we're kind of going in through into a new wave of sort of you could all you could call it like interactive art exhibits you know you create these things and that's the whole point they're like get out your cell phones get ready they encourage people to do to do photos and it's you know they have samples you're jumping into a pot of gold you're doing all sorts of crazy things and um yeah it's it's a fun time now do they have a uh, when obviously you're you're happy place project so do they already have like a website and stuff up that i'll be able to add into our show notes for this uh they do it is oh gosh hold on because i don't actually have that memorized and actually real quick for our listeners while she's looking that up um again for if you haven't picked up on her from a recent episode this is sarah of askaconcierge.tv so that's her website and that's her domain that's her brand and uh, again, we, we got connected recently and I was like, you know, I just loved her vibe, her energy. And obviously with my recent travels to South Africa for two weeks, it's like, okay, guys, this is what it's all about. This is about creating freedom and travel and experience the world, the country or other countries. Like this is what it's all about. And this girl's got some connections in that world. So I was like, I love the energy. We got to bring you back on mm-hmm. and just start helping other people build that same level of influence and get their brains to start thinking outside the box and what can I do next? And maybe for example, this case, if you're in California, you go to LA and you go to the happy place. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's the end. By the way, I have the website for Sweet. you. It oh, is yeah. happyplace.me. Oh, so oh happy using one of the new me. domain uh, ends. I like that. Happyplace.me. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. good though. Cause that's right guys. The listeners, if you're not into the techie space, oh, we got bored with the whole .com thing. Now you got, Obviously, you got .tv, Sarah, and then mm-hmm. uh, now everybody's got .me and .anything, really, nowadays. You can do all kinds of custom domains. So, But that's pretty fun. I'm going to bring these guys up here, and then we'll do some, maybe some screen sharing here during the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So no, it's, it's cool. Is this one of those projects that, obviously, thanks to the power of you, what you do professionally, you get invited to these things? Is this part of your totally. lifestyle? It's like, oh, darn, I'm, 
I got invited to this place, it's, you know, designed around happiness. I got to go check it out. I don't know. I mean, is that it? Is that basically your life? Well, dude, it, yeah, that's, that's totally, you have my life totally unlocked. No, no. Um, I mean, I actually reached out to them. A lot of things, you know, part of being a good concierge is always having your finger on the pulse of things. So I'm always kind of scouring um, online and seeing what might be new or interesting or upcoming. Also, interestingly enough, a lot of my followers, I mean, just they too are interested in things that are going on around town or around the world and people will tag me and stuff all the time. So I think this I actually found on my own. Um, but then I immediately reached out to them. I was like, Hey, can I come to your press day? I want to do a video. So we'll be launching a video, uh, this coming week, recapping everything that we did. Uh, uh, but it was a, it was a really good time, but that's, that's what it's all about. It's finding what's out there. And the way I see it, it's, if it's interesting to me, it's going to be interesting to somebody else. So makes sense. Like, yeah. Well, and especially again, through how you, I guess, embody their brand and pass it through the, your mediums of either Instagram or YouTube or everything else that you actually put out there. It's like, okay, guys, mm -hmm. that's the, and that's the power of also, also just good marketing because I'm the marketing mm -hmm. guy. It's like, guys, like, how are you going to capture something about somebody else and then pass it on to other people? And that's kind of yeah. what you do through what you do as a concierge. It's not just, actually, I'm not even going to explain it. You explain that to our listeners. Like, what is the power of being a concierge? Like, there's, what I've been learning now, there's many different worlds and levels of concierge service. There are. There yeah. are. Uh, so it, it is interesting. I mean, well, not, first of all, not all concierge are created equal. No, and, and while you're while you're saying something really quick, I'm, I'm just going to quickly get at least one little plug for these guys while you're talking. Yeah, I just yeah, screen sure. shared the Happy Place. I'm on their About page and oh my gosh, capture your happy. happy. I like it's that. So happy! It's so. so happy. That place is awesome. Um, no, so so a bit about concierge. I mean, it really is a good concierge is somebody who is really into their city and because it comes from a natural place where they are just really excited about where they live they're going to naturally share with guests people coming there what they love about the city and sometimes you know that will be the touristy aspects of it and they can totally go into all the details with that give you tips pointers on how to do that but then also give you that inside scoop or where, okay, hey, here's this cool local donut shop. You've got to check it out. Or I love this coffee place. Or if you want to have a great speakeasy, there's this great bar, you enter in around the side, whatever the case is. So um, the concierge really have um, the power to kind of share their love of all the different nuances of the city that they live in. It's pretty makes cool. Makes sense. Which is why you're recommending me uh, uh, Donnie, right? Donnie up in yes, Banff, right? Exactly. So, again, exactly. To, our, to our listeners, I, I finally decided to man up and get engaged and, and we're planning a future wedding. and But we're not doing it the traditional way. We're doing it with heli skiing. And to, to our, some of our listeners, because I've, I've, been, I've been telling more people about heli skiing lately and everybody's like, what's heli skiing? Yeah, so I feel really I bad. Know. I feel really bad. I feel really bad Why? for people. So I'm happy to educate <laughs> to our listeners that heli skiing involves helicopters and skiing, meaning that you get into a helicopter and they fly you up to a remote mountaintop, which is technically considered backcountry skiing. You're not on a resort property. And then they drop you off and then you ski back towards civilization or to another drop point where they come back and pick you up again. And this is what you do all day. You just fly around helicopters and, fly, and skiing. And I, so I decided, I'm like, well, I don't want to spend all my money on 
a boring wedding. I want to have an adventure with my friends. So that's why we're planning all of this. And we're looking at going to Banff, Canada, which is popular in the ski circuit and the ski movie Mm -hmm. circuit. And I guess in the concierge world, you're well connected to each other. <laughs> we are. We're so well connected. So as soon as you mentioned Banff, even though I didn't know anything about hella skiing, I'll admit that. Um, I did know a thing or two but about now, Banff. But now, see, now you're going to geek out about it a little bit, right? Because it's like, oh, oh wait a minute. Totally. That's something else you can add, like a feather you can add to your cap. Um, yeah, I, I well, know. I'm already thinking, I'm like, okay, how can I like capture that moment? How you guys can I have to have ski bunnies in LA, right? There's got to be like the snowbird style some. people who like live in LA and then they also have the places in the mountains. I don't oh, know. Oh, well, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We've got, you know, Lake Arrowhead, Big Bear, yeah. you you name it, you know, but I'm, I'm more of the beach and hiking girl, but that's, that's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we basically were living your lifestyle over the past few weeks in South Africa. We were yeah. hiking and going to the beaches and the shores and, and did a lot of coastal stuff. So yeah, we, we did all that before we went on safari. That was just the first week. So so we lived oh, your amazing. lifestyle the first week and then the second week was all safari. So Yeah, that's uh, definitely not my normal lifestyle. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to connect on the whole beach and hiking thing. So oh, well, what I can I can do one even better. Let's connect about Africa. Okay. okay. All right. Because I, I did not tell you about this beforehand. So this is going to be a bit of a surprise for you and I can't wait to share. Okay. So right now, because by the time that this airs, um, the person will not be staying with us at our hotel. So I feel totally comfortable sharing it. It doesn't really matter anyway. Sweet. We have the king of Nigeria staying at the hotel. No shit. Yeah, for wow. real. Now, I don't know. There might be several kings. I don't really know. I'm, I will, I'm no Nigerian expert. I was going to say, they may, it, there could be tribal kings. Are we talking about the king of the country? Probably. Because I, I think know. there's a president of the country. There's hmm. a president of the country. So I think that this is a Might king. be a tribal king. Totally. Yeah. So, but get this. I wasn't given the memo about it. So I'm standing there at my desk. And then all of a sudden, I hear, ah! And then... All these guys like rush and ambush the lobby dressed in white. And one guy's wearing like a dead leopard skin. And then they have these like Morocco like things and rain sticks. And they're, they're like chanting and stomping and uh, Was singing. Was this a and welcoming just, ceremony or something? This, this is the ceremony that happens every time he leaves the hotel and every time he comes back in the hotel. Are you freaking so this, kidding me? No, I can't. You cannot make this up. It Wait, so nuts. they fly, they fly with their own entourage of 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 uh, entrance party people yes yes okay there's so it's nuts okay and by the way speaking of which they fly with i'm like i remember one time actually asking somebody so do you think they fly private or they fly commercial oh no they fly commercial. You can actually Google and go on. So they YouTube. book like half the plane. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they come on the plane, and the guy like shakes his little like maracas like above the seat, and it's and he's standing there and like huffing and puffing like woof, like it's a whole tribal thing. It's oh my gosh, it really it's like well he's he's to fly, he's flying first class though, right? Or well, no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the rest of sure. his party Moroccan rattle shaking people are like in the regular economy section. I don't know. Exactly. Okay. Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. It literally was a scene of coming to America. Taking oh, place it's such a classic movie. In, right? Yes. But that's like real, real deal stuff. Okay. And then even a little bit more, I don't normally like to name drop, but I feel kind of safe about this because it was so nuts. And I had a moment of like, this is, this is my life. So first of all, okay, King comes out at first, all this like dancing, shaking, you name it, 
Okay, dead leopard skins, all that stuff happening, lovely. And then later in the evening, so now guests at this point have gotten the sense of like, okay, there's somebody staying here and they get excited and you, you better believe it, these guys love, love to have their videos taken. So oh. if people are standing around taking video, they're not Oh, so offended. like selfie and stuff? They're like loving oh, it? Oh, they are into it. They are taking selfies, photos. It's, it's the most bizarre thing. So they're coming in. And at the same time, uh, actor Steve Buscemi was in the lobby getting ready to get in his car to go back to the airport to go wherever he was going. Um, and he's there. And in comes the king. And you, I see him take up his phone and he's about to take video. And then he was like, he got self-conscious because he's like, I can't just blatantly take video of this guy's face as he's walking in. So he puts down his phone and then he stands up. And as the Nigerian king walks by, he just does like an ever so slight bow. And the king walking, you know, very like proper posture, looks at him, you know, head a little raised and just gives a nice little nod. And it was the craziest moment that I'm like, so you're watching all this go down from your desk. You're just like, totally. I'm standing there and I'm like, what's just Steve Buscemi just nodded to this king of Nigeria. And yeah, so that's been my life for the past couple of days. That's, I mean, did you ever find out why he was there? Uh, no, hmm. I don't really, I think, oh no. Uh, oh my gosh. He's attending a party of some celebrity, Okay. which is even more ridiculous because I can't imagine them going to somebody's home and it's like, a party and then they all come in shaking singing stomping like it, it, it's a scene hmm. okay <laughs> and i've seen a lot of things in hotels but i have never seen anything like this before and it was definitely nigeria right yes okay it's definitely not in the news i'm trying googling and i don't really see no much. no no no. Yeah. that's why i feel like he's, he's who, who knows who he is but yeah, yeah. um yeah, it's okay. some pretty interesting stuff. But yeah, do yourself a favor. That's what and kings actually, of Nigeria do. Hey, I'm going to go to a, a fancy, fancy party <laughs> in exactly, L.A. Exactly, with my 25 They do men. say a lot of things happen in L.A. So Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's, if nothing else, nothing. it gave you quality. That's like free entertainment at your job. I mean. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. It was all I could do to keep from videotaping it myself oh crap i got to experience that i almost forgot about that wow at the end what? of our safari week we had a whole like tribal dance thing happen at dinner like it was like that's all, awesome all of a sudden like we're, we're like they're setting up the they, they set up dinner along the lake there was like a on our on the game lands that we were on there was like a big water area and they have a boat launch area there so you can either so once in a while you can actually go out and do like what's called a boat safari where They'll just take you around and try and see if there's any kind of local wildlife in the water. Uh, anyway, that building they have built there, they also have built-in restaurant functionality if they want to run events. So, like, one of the second to the last night we were there, um, they, they they had all of us, they took us all down by safari vehicle there to have dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, we're out ready set up, and you can see all the restaurant chafing dishes set up. There was a whole buffet, and now there's chefs out there. And then, like, we're just everybody's like getting drinks and we got wine coming to the table and then all of a sudden you start hearing this high pitched uh, female voice and all of a sudden start singing like everybody's looking around like what the what the hell like where's that coming from and then I'm standing there I, I'm up up at the bar getting two bottles of wine and I turn around and by the way the whole concierge thing like the concierge for the main lodge was there and he's like no 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 Scott like don't worry about it. I've been there for like all week he's like. No, no, no. We'll bring the wine to your table. So I'm like, oh, okay. So the guy grabs the wine from me, leaves. I turn, and then all of a sudden, like, 12 people dressed in, like, tribal loincloth gear come, like, 
dancing in and they're singing and I'm like, oh, this is going down like right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) And they did this whole like tribal song and all these different dances. So all this stuff is on my computer hard drive right now. I finally downloaded everything off of my camera. I haven't posted hardly anything to Facebook yet. So I think the only thing I posted up there was, was all the different sunsets that I photographed. So there's still a lot of stuff to come. So you'll be able to see all this stuff. Oh my uh, gosh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah. Africa is an interesting country. So that's just one one of many things that happened over the two weeks. So for sure, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with that and it's on my bucket list. Um, did you see that I did an ultralight flight? (gasps) No. Do you know what an ultralight is? No. What is that? Oh my God. You're just, uh, I feel like, I I feel like I should be learning from you and I don't know what an ultralight flight is, though. Picture like a go-kart tied to like a, a glider wing. Okay, wait. Why would I know about that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Just because it's flying doesn't mean it's in travel. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not. It's definitely not traditional travel, let me tell you. Okay, um, exactly. Like exactly. This, this dude, like, he's like a South African former military guy. He's an old guy with his beard. His name is Johan. And uh, he lives like 10, 15 minutes from the main event we were hanging out at uh, where the big conference was and all the safari stuff was going on was on the, the Dino Kang uh, game reserve. And then we were being entertained and our event was being managed at the uh, Mongena Game Lodge. So this guy lives like 10, 15 minutes away and has his own dirt like airstrip on his property that oh he God. flies his little ultralight off of. And then Mongena has their own actual little mini airstrip that we've been driving over like all week long. You see like airstrip, but we didn't see any aircraft come in. Anyway, it's funny because we had, I got to bring this off screen share for you here. Um, Please. So I was like, why the hell do they have an airstrip? I mean, nobody, is someone going to fly in and go game, game touring and safariing with everyone plane? I guess people do. It wasn't a big airstrip. It was definitely for smaller planes. Anyway, so they said, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johan comes in a couple times a week and, you know, it's, it's 500 Rand, uh, which is their, their monetary system. It's like our dollar, uh, except it's not worth squat. Um, so when you do go over there, you will live like a queen. Oh my God. Um, I took a thousand Rand out of an ATM and it only hit my bank account for $73. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so like a a half an hour flight on this ultralight flight with this dude, basically giving me a flying safari tour, um, was only what's uh, roughly 35 bucks. (laughs) No I was way. Like, I was like, dude, I'm loving Africa right now. I mean, I'm I'm very sad for their economy and the fact that they probably overprinted their money, which is a classic. If you see your money drop as a country, you probably overprinted it or something. Um, so anyway, I was just like, okay, this is happening. So uh, anyway, here we go. I got one of these photographs here. Oh, yeah, this is one that I actually Instagram filtered it. Gotta love Instagram. Anyway. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was a half an hour flight. And basically, picture you're like sitting in a bat, like a basket slash cart. Okay. I- I'm behind him. And then there's like a propeller blade behind me. And that's the okay. propulsion. And then wow. there's a glider wing above the. Uh, as soon as I show it to you, you'll probably be like, oh, I've, I probably have seen that. I, I don't know, maybe. Probably. Let me, let me do a screen Probably. share. And this is good for our listeners. Anybody watching on YouTube, you get to see what the hell an ultralight flight is. So, 
There we go. Is that coming up yet? There we go. Yeah. That thing. I mean, oh I, I'm gosh. blocking much of it, but it's not a very large device. <laughs> no. My fiance, she's like, yeah, that's all you. <laughs> she's like, I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing that. And, and and half the people at the conference are like, you're going to go do what tomorrow morning? And we this was taken at um, 7 a.m. because my flight was at 6 a.m. Oh, my God. And this guy in the photograph, his name is Kai. He's from Texas. He was a lawyer out there speaking at the conference because he works. He does consulting for a small business consulting company that helps veterinary businesses improve their business. So he was out there oh, speaking. Cool. And one person overheard me talking about wanting to do this. And nobody else wanted to. And this guy only shows up if there's at least two flights booked. So I was like, well, then fine. I'll book both of them because it's only 500 Rand per flight. So I'm like, oh, darn, yeah. it's going to cost me $1,000. Sorry, 1,000 Rand, which is like 70-some bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll do both flights. I don't care. So <laughs> anyway, he came up to me at lunch the day before. And he's like, I hear you're going to go ultralight flying. I'm like, yeah, and I hear you're going to join me. <laughs> and uh, so I convinced him to go. And, nice. And, and he had a blast. Because like, he's standing there. He's like, you can go first. And I was like, what, that way in case I crash, you feel better about yourself or what? And he's like, I just want to make sure it works. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh dude, my God. I was like, the guy flew here. He had a, he, he left his airstrip and landed on our airstrip. So, oh, yeah, you had to fun. fly. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Well, plus, like, the airstrip is actually considered part of the wild. So they, I, could, I couldn't walk out. Like, it's right in front of the main game lodge. But yeah. it's 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 through their security fencing. They have electric fencing for the wildlife, so yeah. they actually drive you onto the airship with one of the safari trucks, and then the guy has to sit there because, like, a lion could come up or something. So oh yeah, like you're actually in the reserve. So oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, that's so like nuts. after I landed, it was hilarious because that dude takes off, and then all of a sudden I see like an antelope run across like the airstrip, and I was like, well, that could have sucked if we were landing. I mean. <laughs> People worry oh about hitting. God. People worry about hitting like wildlife with your car, and I'm like, "All right, this is definitely not a car." So like, if all, no. if all of a sudden like a giraffe comes walking across as you're trying to land, I mean, that would suck. I don't know. I mean, how, yeah. how do you deal with that? You, yeah, that, but that would definitely be something new. I have to say. Well, I didn't. I didn't think about any of that because then literally the next day. We're driving down the airstrip with the safari vehicle, and sure enough, there's a draft just hanging out right in the middle of the airstrip. And I was like, okay, so that actually could have happened. I mean, what yeah. what does the safari guy get in the truck while we're trying to land and try and drive ahead of us and, and shoo the giraffe off of the airway? Like, I don't know. Like, there's no Maybe. like there's no air traffic control tower. There's none of that. Like, we're in freaking Africa, dude. It's like I didn't really think about any of this. I just was so excited to go flying. I really didn't give a shit. <laughs> You know what? That sometimes that's like the best thing is that like you just get so excited and you do it, and then after the fact you're like, "Wow, I really didn't think that through." No, okay, no, but like, you're so oh, glad yeah. that you did it. Because like, but, if we would have hit an animal, we probably we would have gotten pretty jacked up. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that thing was pretty cool though, man. We I took a photograph. I think we were cruising at about oh man, we did like 40, 50 miles an hour in the air. Okay, and we were at four thousand feet. Like, cause I took, wow. he has, I took, I reached over his shoulder. I had my camera with me. I was taking photographs. And I was, by the way, trying to zoom mechanically zoom a camera while in an ultralight aircraft and trying to hold it steady, trying to photograph wildlife below you. New challenge. Um, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So uh, it was cool though, because like when you're in a safari vehicle going through the reserve and you look out and it's like, oh, well, 
there's like two zebra, there's five zebra, there's six zebra. But then when you're flying over them, it's like, oh, there's like 30. There's a whole herd. So it, it's, you think it's very dense, but then when you, once you get above it all, it's like, oh, it's actually not very dense, the landscape. But you can't tell when you're in the safari truck on their little dirt roads going through the game preserve. So it was cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I'll definitely do that again. So if you ever get it down there, I was like, dude, find a place that does ultra light, fly, ultra light flying because I, I had a blast. So that sounds, oh, that, that would totally be something I would do. Yeah. I might be terrified, but I would, I would push through. I'd do it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did it because uh, the other thing that I really wanted to do was go hiking with elephants. And okay. Like they do a guided walk literally with elephants, which is, would have been just freaking awesome because elephants are dangerous. Like, how do you go walking with an elephant? Because you piss them off and they're just going to run you down. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so, uh, like, like we would pull up alongside of a herd of elephants. Like, please don't speak too loudly. I was like, okay, what if we did? Would that they get pissed off and ram the truck? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> they don't really give you the extra details. They just say, no, no please keep your voices down. Okay, no problem. So, What was the most interesting animal you saw? Or was it, or coolest, or you're like, oh, wow, I didn't Ooh. realize, like, or. All right, let's go with trivia. I'll, I will answer your question with a question. Okay. What is the most dangerous mammal in Africa? Oh, gosh. Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, it's not the lion. Okay. I'm helping you out there. Thanks. And this is for our listeners, guys. I'm getting you to think real quick, and then I'll, and then I'll tell you mm. what it is, but. Hmm. Probably not a che cheetah. Nope. The cheetah is not even one of the, uh, they, they call it the big five. And then uh -huh. there's the magnificent seven. As far as like, when you go on safari, like you want to see like the main five, you know, like the lion is one of the big five. The elephant is one of the big five. Um, Panther. Nope. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the one I actually knew was most dangerous. I thought okay. is the hippo. You know, I was almost going to say that, but I didn't. But, I was like, eh, okay. But thanks to me going on some trips off this reserve to other reserves while my fiance was in classes, I learned that it's not the hippo. What is it? The honey badger. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Stop it. So oh I was like, I'm, I'm standing there in this like old British lady with the heavy accent and she's in her safari clothing and she's just like, she's standing there with her big cane staff, like, you know, taking it because this was actually at the cheetah preserve there. She has 96 cheetah that she raises okay. and protects there. So I got to go there and they actually, they actually ran the cheetah right in front of us. It was awesome. Wow. So then we're taking her through, she's got other species of animals that she's protecting. Like there was these rare, um, like swans or something like that that was there because they were their wings were permanently damaged in a hailstorm as they were trying to fly back to Europe. So she took them in and, and they, wow. they, they they have free reign of the property, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, there's a freaking honey badger there, which in real life, FYI, honey badgers are freaking dangerous. Um, but she's like, and she, she gave us that quiz and she's like, everybody thought I was the freaking hippo and I thought I was right. And she's like, no, she's like, it's, it's right behind me here. And she starts calling its name. She's like, come on out, blah, 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 whatever its name was. I'm like, what is she calling? And then I looked up on the sign, and it was like a honey badger. I'm like, get the hell out. She's got a honey badger. And no apparently way. their claws are so razor sharp. But their skin, their hide is so thick and it's loose. So like a lion, if they got pissed off at it, could grab it and like shake it around and throw it, whatever. But it's, you're not going to injure the badger. If the badger gets free, 
he would then run underneath the lion and just rip its guts open with its claws. Uh, like, whoa. Because so ba- the badger's so low to the ground, he could just scurry right under the lion, roll over, and just rip it to shreds from underneath. I was like, that's one pissed off badger. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So we learned do not screw with a honey badger. <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh my there, gosh. there's your new lesson of the day. So, that is a really interesting lesson. Yeah, because like everybody wow. knows, like the hippos are dangerous, man. You don't mess yeah. with a hippo. I mean, no, no, no. While we were there, they said there was actually um, they had uh, introduced uh, fourteen uh, black rhino in the past year, and which is okay. an endangered species. But mm-hmm. they had them dehorned before they brought them onto the property because of poachers. I mean, the horn yeah. the horns grow back. So, but they had them, they yeah. tr- they wanted to give it at least a little bit of time. So anyway. The problem was you, you removed its sense of protection. You know, it, its horns yeah. gone. So apparently a bunch of hippo got pissed off at a black rhino and drowned it <gasps> at the watering hole. No. I'm like, that's a thing? <laughs> like, no. So do not mess that's with a, a hippo. Do not mess with a hippo. So Hungry or not. No. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're in my watering hole, bro. All right. I'm, I'm taking you out. You don't have your horn. So, yeah. That's nuts. Right? Yeah. Because you're crazy. talking about like animals that weigh like at least a ton each, yeah, pu- pushing each other around. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, yeah, and it, and it's a whole different. I mean, it's a whole different world. My gosh, I mean, yeah. it's not something that we encounter or even think about on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, we saw a lot of different kinds of species, obviously, but that was that was that was some of the more unique stuff that I got to experience over there. So. Oh, for sure. And oh, and I adopted a cheetah. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was leaving the cheetah preserve and she's talking about preservation. She's like, listen, she said, we have the ability here where you can adopt a cheetah or another species that we had here. And I was like, oh, really? And then again, because I know our dollars worth so much more, I was like, I'm looking at the prices. And she's like, well, the entry level to adopt a, a bronze level sponsorship is like six, 700 Rand. And I'm like, okay, well, everything in my head goes by increments of a thousand. Once I found out what was hitting my bank yeah. account, I was like, oh, so it's less than 70 bucks. Sure. I'll go ahead and adopt a cheetah. <laughs> so, so I've, I've, I've sponsored a cheetah for the next year. I'm a pro. Oh my gosh. Does your cheetah have a name? Um, it does. And, but you don't know how to say it. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> what I decided to do was my future niece and nephew, my fiance's niece and nephew, they're little kids. So I was like, oh, I will adopt them in their name. That way, uh, so once they, was, we haven't got all the emails yet, but they're going to send us a whole document of adoption. And oh, wow. they're going to send us photographs of our cheetah and everything else. So oh, I, want, I want everything to go to the kiddos. So that way like, they'll think it's cool. Like, oh, you know, we're... We we ad- we adopted a cheetah because it's in their name. So there's, yeah. like, there's a whole there's a whole sponsors wall at this yeah. cheetah preserve. So then their names are going to be on the wall, not mine. So oh, there. that's awesome. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think beyond be, you know not not by myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that's so cool. They're gonna love that. I thought so. I thought it was pretty cool. So they don't even know that yet. We already we already got back and like went to her parents' house for dinner, and they were there. And we gave them like the little souvenir stuff. We've got these cool little like hand carved stone, um, actually a hippo and an elephant to each of them, niece and nephew. And then um, I found like these little cool necklaces with like hand 
handcrafted silver figurines, and one of them was a um, a meerkat, and oh. the other one was a monkey. So I gave nice. like one meerkat, one monkey to each of them as well. Actually, I bought three of them, but she she really liked the cheetah, so she kept the cheetah for herself. So I was like, babe, I was like, babe, you could pick the one of the three, and the other two go to your niece and nephew. So she got. First oh my gosh, so. I love it. Well, I she love she it. couldn't go to the cheetah reserve. That was off of ah. our that was off of our game reserve, and she's in classes all day. So mm-hmm. I was free to roam a little bit. Yeah, you know, flying in ultralights and going to adopt cheetahs and stuff. So. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Actually, hold on a second. This is great pot. I'm going to step away from the mic. I'm going to grab the adoption certificate. One second. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if the name is on this or not, but I know. Yeah, this is at the Ann Van Dyke Cheetah Center. Nice. I do not have the name on here. See, this is why we're still waiting on the information. All I know is the one I adopted was a male, and okay. he was one of the rare king cheetahs. Uh, it's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a rare species of cheetah. They're spots. Um, if you look at the back of the cheetah, there's like these three big, fat, black sp- uh, stripes to go down its spine. It's a okay. very rare genetic predisposition that was lost for a while. And then, like... Some species have it in their bloodline, but until they, until one cheetah with that rare genetic predisposition in its genetics finds another one, and they mate, that's the only thing that will bring back the the king cheetah print. So literally, two cheetahs who don't have it, you, visually you can't see it, and then all of a sudden, if they meet and they have that genetic, boom, yeah. their offspring will produce a king that's cheetah. I learned all kinds of interesting things. <laughs> oh my gosh, you did learn all kinds of interesting things. And I'm not the vet. I'm just, you know, that that's no. all that's all her. Um You were just hanging out during the day. That's it, you know, just hanging out. Um Yeah, man, I mean, I know Oh, here we go. Hold on. I took a photograph of the actual paperwork. I know that names on um Animal. His name is Yeats or Yates. Y E A T S. Okay. Yates maybe? It sounds Yates? like a it sounds like a Yates. That sounds like a Yates. Yeah, yeah. His name is Yates, but he's one of their educational cheetahs. So I sponsored oh. the one that they take. There's two that they specifically is well-demeanored, well-trained, and they're safe to take around. They take them to schools and they educate. Oh, wow. They educate the schools around Africa uh, wow. with, with these cheetahs. So I was like, well, good. I want to support the educational program. So that's why, I, that's why I picked him. So, nice. so yes, you too can go to, um, you know, Africa and adopt a cheetah. <laughs> oh my God, I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh my it's, gosh. It, it's a giant purring kitty cat. Hey, I don't know. Like literally dude. after we went and toured all the cheetah cages and stuff and, and like got yeah. to see them run, they took us back into this big like uh, educational center room and they mm-hmm. brought a live cheetah into the freaking room. And before they brought it in, they said, okay, listen, everybody please stay in your chairs. No sudden movements and everybody take your hats off. And we're like, uh, okay. I mean, it was a thing. And then two two guides came in with the cheetah on like a serious leash, and the cheetah jumped up onto the table like maybe ten feet in front of me, and then just no. laid down. They started petting it, and you just hear this really loud purring. And I was like, okay, it's like a freaking giant pet kitten, only huge, massive. 
and it's got wow. teeth that can you know rip your flesh off. Awesome. <laughs> wow. So yeah, add that to your concierge list. So that's um, crazy. Yeah. So I highly recommend the Mongena M O N G E N A Mongena oh. Game Lodge. It's only six years old. Wow. Yeah, they have a great backstory. Apparently, a whole bunch of people there live, uh, had their properties, and they decided to, to drop their fences and all merge and create a reserve out of their properties. So the people who still oh. own the land still live around the reserve, but yeah. they agreed to drop fences and create a new reserve uh, where they're at. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And wow. then they built a whole lodge and everything else, so... Which, so by the way, many exciting things. And they have a concierge. so Which is impressive. Yeah, and I, I had to get used to that. Like, I'm really not used to using concierges. Is, uh, you guys, I, I get it. You exist for a reason. Yeah. I'm not used to having people do stuff for me. It's, well, but you, don't, you can start baby steps, not necessarily having them do stuff, even if it's just like asking for advice. Well, I mean, I huge. feel like I should have used a concierge for the whole f- freaking passport debacle. I mean... I lost like two, three days of the trip right there because my passport had to be redone. That was stupid. Yeah. I mean, bonehead yeah. move. You know, good job, Scott. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, Grant, but you I don't, learned. I don't know if you that's learned. something that really comes across your desk very often. Do you ever actually have to help, help people with their stuff? passports? Oh, yes. Really? Yes. And then we have to go to, so I have a couple places that do like 24 hour passport turnarounds and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that definitely happened. Oh yeah. Trust me. I was Googling the hell out of it. Once they rejected me at the airport and they let her go and I'm stuck there. So I'm like, Oh God, how am I going to do this? And they did say like the main Philadelphia passport agency office. They said, yeah, mm-hmm. you can get in there. We'll, we'll print you your flight itinerary and that automatically gets you in and approved for a rushed passport. You just got to pay the rush fee. Um, yeah. But I was Googling it ahead of time and I guess there's like a, a popular people, popular business that people use out of Texas. But you got to ship your passport to them, and you got to mm-hmm. pay them like three hundred dollars or something like mm-hmm. that to get it done. Is that is that kind of like what you guys use? Totally, totally. But you just don't have to ship it, saving you shipping it to Texas. But um, there are companies that basically expedite uh, doing passports. So I actually go there and I I do my passport normally. I don't yeah. necessarily rush it, but basically I end up paying them whether it's like the seventy five dollar fee, and then they process it all. I mean, obviously you have to pay for a passport as well too, but it's a little bit extra, but then they just help fill out the paperwork. They take your photo right then and there and they you, send it out. And it's like, no offense on those services. This isn't rocket science. I, I, no? I, I called it the passport company or, you know, agency, whatever on a Saturday, by the way, as soon as they kicked me out of the airport and they're like, Oh yeah, we can get you in Monday morning at 10 30. We open at eight. She's like, and she said, I recommend just showing up when we open just in yeah. case. And I, sure enough, I'm in Philadelphia, boom, 8 a.m., doors open. I walk in, go through their metal detection security system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I grab a number. I sit there. They, I walk up. Here's your passport. Here's the flight itinerary. Okay, here's my, uh, you know, I got to pay 100 and, it's 110 for a passport plus 60 for the expedition fee. So 170 bucks. They said, okay, come back down here at 130. All right, and I'll have your passport for you. That was it. Wow. So it wasn't that wow. hard. So no, 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 it definitely wasn't that hard. But I, mean, I think it just—it's half the time. Whether it's the convenience of, right. do you want to go to the passport center or whatever the case is. Well, and that's what you guys do. Like you, you, you professional ladies and gentlemen, and your concierge services. Like you make it easy for us, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the point. Is it's it? You know, it 
it's not necessarily about getting the cheapest thing, right. but it's getting the, it, it's, it's making it easy. So mm. it just minimizes. So that's the whole thing is that a lot of times people do ask, oh, oh, can I get a, um, you know, can you get me this discount or this discount? And it's like, yeah, I might be able to get a very little discounts here and there, but it's not so much that it's more of like, oh, you want this? Cool. I just need your credit card information, this, whatever. Yeah, we'll make it perfect. Happen. Tickets are going to be under your door in a second. You yeah. Know. Like we actually had, it was funny. The woman who set up the entire conference for my fiance, the, the vet mm -hmm. conference lady, she actually hired for that two week period or sorry for that, for that week period, uh, her sister to mm -hmm. help with the logistical stuff of the whole concierge thing. Because so she flew her sister down from Germany and mm -hmm. uh, literally that was our go-to person for events. So basically, because yeah. people were there, there was, there was vet doctors there from all over the world. I was meeting people from uh, Russia, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, Australia, UK. I mean, you name it, they were there. And uh, there was a bunch of other people here from the, from, from the US as well. Uh, and a lot of people flew over either with their significant others and or children. So wow. obviously you're like my fiance, she's in classes all day for the actual conference. So mm -hmm. me, like other people's either wives, husbands or children are free to do stuff. So that's what the sister was in charge of. She was there nice. with a, by the way, it was totally half-assed. I was not overly impressed. I mean, she's there with a freaking piece of paper like making her own chart system and trying to figure out all the different events and stuff. And I was like, dear God, I was like, this is your system. Um, which is why, which is seriously why I think I didn't get to get to go on the elephant in the hot walk because it got rebooked and canceled three different times while I was there. No way. And I was like, okay, you're just frustrating the hell out of me now. I was like, I'm not even gonna bother. I'm going to go focus on the cheetah run. And that's when I went up to the front, um, the, uh, the actual Mongana game lodge front desk, Mm -hmm. and they gave me a list of other stuff, like the ultralight flight that wasn't on our list of stuff that she had. And ah. I was like, oh, there's other stuff. She's like, oh, yeah, this is stuff we normally have our regular people who come here uh, go and do. And I'm like, oh, well, give me the skinny on that. So I got to find out about all these other activities that they weren't even helping promote for us. So I was like, well, yeah. Well, I, I think that almost goes to show you that would be the equivalent, okay. dare I say, of a concierge versus almost like a travel agent right because the concierge the you know the, the one that you use at the lodge they're the they're the ones on the ground yeah yes, they know it they know it you know yes this, this woman was flown in and yes she's trying to help but i mean it's it's kind of what she might have been able to research beforehand on her yeah. own and it's you know she's like not why a local why to the didn't area. they i agree with you why didn't they just work with Mongana's Game Lodge ahead of time before the trip even happened. I mean, yeah. we had we had some of this stuff booked before we even left the country, mm -hmm. and but it was still kind of a hodgepodge. And then it was yeah, hilarious because then all of a sudden the rumor started going around that I was the ultra ultra light flight guy, and I was like, I'm like sitting there on my laptop just hanging out doing some work on the, in one of these nice like patio areas, and you know there's people walking by giving you coffee and stuff. It was a great place, uh, and and people were like oh. I hear you're going flying. That wasn't on the list. I was like, oh, yeah, just go talk to the front desk. They have a whole list of other stuff we could do. <laughs> so I became, oh like, I became the guy who started. I mean, I don't know if I actually helped it, helped, helped her or made it worse because then she's no. just like, I don't know. Please. So you, you helped it. Yeah, because you guys know. Like, 
this German lady didn't know about Johan and his and his little flying device, you know, but the no. front desk girls did. And they said, oh, yeah, we love Johan. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we book, love me, book me with Johan. So I'm in for Johan. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, so, yeah, maybe I'll get you connected with those ladies. Um, yeah, you, please you can, do. You can grow your worldwide web of concierge. Because, again, hold on, from our last show, what yeah. was the name of the organization you're a member of? Okay, so I am a member of an organization called Les Clés d'Or, which is the gold keys in French. See, all um, I remembered was gold yes. from our last gold, episode, and that's yeah. why I had to ask gold this keys. again. <laughs> because it's important for our listeners to understand, like, there's like, this is a thing. Like, this is not like, oh, oh, oh I, it's I'm a concierge. Like, there's a worldwide organization of you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's and it's specific concierge. So, yes, you know, there are concierge at different properties. But if you ever go to a property where you see concierge that actually have gold keys on their lapels, that makes them part of Lake Claydor. And that's when you know that you're dealing with a true professional. They've been a concierge for at least five years. They've been vetted. They have, they've had a whole background check. They've had to do tests. They've been um, test called, you name it, um, to become part of that organization. So, so this is like a resume component as well, it, right? It, this is just yeah. like, when, this is like, it becomes part of your pedigree. 100%. Okay. 100%. That's, what, that's what I'm hearing from you. So, yeah, no, it like, definitely is. We joke around, um, I joke around about how, and again, to our listeners, guys, if you want to go to school, that's cool. I'm just saying that where I'm at today, my university time and the money I'm still paying for it um, is kind of worthless to me. Um, yes, I can prove to people that I can learn and I have a degree, but as an entrepreneur, doesn't really give me much, um, but hey, great. It adds to my pedigree list. But what I've learned as I advance as a mature adult and grow in other professions that, you know, I start picking up these other certifications or these mm -hmm. memberships in these different organizations and that's growing your circle of influence. And that's yes. what I, would, I think if I was at a concierge world, it sounds like I want to level up into that space. Oh, oh without a doubt, you okay. definitely do. Okay. And then what you want to do is level up even more and oh, have an online a, presence like me. Okay. <laughs> and that's, no, which is I mean, smart, right? Not everybody does no, that. Does Donnie do that in Banff? Um, Donnie has a little bit of an online presence. He's on Instagram called VIP Concierge. Oh, you didn't tell um, me that last time. I got to check him out. All right. Yeah, check him out. I still need He's to reach out to him, by the way. I, I gave yeah. you, I, you gave me his info. I gave it to Kristen and she never reached out. So I'm just going to uh, We'll it make myself. it happen. Don't worry. We'll make it happen. Um, no, but so... It, Interestingly enough, and, it, and it's kind of weird to talk about this because this is actually, I mean, it's its me. It's talking about my, myself in that regard. But, uh, yeah, but that's why I, I brought really, you on as a re returning co-host because I want yeah. to learn more about you. So well, it's okay. Good. And our, good. Follow, our followers and our listeners need to understand what it is you do. So mm, Totally. So when I built my brand, Ask a Concierge, uh, I started doing videos. And I really was the first concierge in the world um, that was doing videos of this sort. Yes, you had concierge that did blogs and yes, maybe they did educational series or whatever it is, but nobody actually did video content. Um, and um, I was the first one to really pioneer that. So when I, um, you know, going back, I actually won the award of best young concierge in the world in 2015. It was kind of like a no brainer because at that, by the time I got to this first conference, which it was my first international conference. So in essence, I didn't know anybody there other than the people really from the U S mm -hmm. but I get there and all of a sudden 
it was like the Sarah Dandishi fan club. They're like, oh my gosh, you're the girl that does all the videos. And it's like, they were, they were like, we can't wait. We want you to win. And it was such an interesting thing because I've now gone through several of these, um, these competitions now for Best Young Concierge 2016 and 17. And, and it really becomes a territorial thing where it's very much like each country is like, oh yeah, you know, we really want our Canada candidate to win or Australia, of course, as, as one would, like they do in sure. the Olympics. Yeah. But what was so cool is when, when I won, and again, it's something I can, I knew it was special at the time, but now seeing several years go by, I really understand what it is. After I won, they're like, we need to rush her out of the room because everybody in the room jumped up. Everybody was excited. <laughs> they're like, yes, yay. They went outside and I'm not kidding, about 80 people. I had a line of about 80 people from all different countries come up and each one wanted to take a picture with me and or give me a gift from their respective country. And See, say, how weird is that, right? It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. It wasn't weird. It was beautiful. It was crazy. And at the, and because I hadn't, I hadn't been to one of these before. I don't know. I just thought like, Oh, that just happens. Everybody comes and congratulates the winner. But now that I've seen multiple winners, no, it does not and, happen well, like because that. again, th this goes back to that entrepreneurial piece uh, to our listeners is that you when you start building a brand, you build a following, mm -hmm. and it's weird now too because like since I launched the podcast, like I'm not niched here locally, mm -hmm. but there's like a a long standing like t shirt printing business here that's been around a long time, and it was funny because a few months ago I stopped in there. And just to get some quotes done on some stuff I was working on for a client. And I wanted to find out about their embroidery services and stuff. And because I wanted to see what they could do with my logo and things. And the lady behind the counter, I walk in and she's like, oh, hey, Scott. And I've never been there. Never been here ever. And she's just like, yeah, like, like she knew me. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, I, I don't remember your name. How do I know you? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I follow you online. And I was like, I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, you're Live the Fuel. I was like, oh. Oh, she's like, yeah, I love you. She's like, I I'm, I just started following the podcast, but I've been following your Facebook feed for over a year now. Absolutely love it. Keep up the great work. She's like, I'm really excited for you in the podcast. I was like, oh, uh, th thanks. Okay, I, I just wanted to get a, some quotes on some shirts. <laughs> Was awesome. not expecting to like randomly find a follower. Like, I, I, I'm not I'm not friends with a woman on Facebook. I, so she. Okay, but that that's happens. cool. Right. That's cool when that happens because then all of a sudden you realize you're like, oh my gosh, I'm influencing a circle of people that are outside my immediate circle. And doesn't it yeah. kind of like re resonate and remind you, like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing? This is cool. As long as I hear positive stuff, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But I'm with obviously. you on that. But that's cool oh. too because, like, again, like, like you said, like, you don't, people who win that award, you don't normally have people lining up. No. And thanking no. you. But again, that's what you're doing with your video feed. Because uh, I've poked around your site since having you on. And I've gone on your YouTube channel and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's what you're doing. Is you're, you're trying to share your best practices and mm -hmm. your opinions. And that's what people are looking for. I joke around all the time. Like, guys, like, it's YouTube University, dude. Like, people are dude, going on totally. YouTube to learn things. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's, it's really exciting. Actually, and a lot of that has inspired me. I'm going to maybe shift a little bit of my um, my content direction next year. Just a couple of things have come to place. And I, I think I'm, I'm really going to focus into sharing more 
like best best travel practices, travel tips, and more of that coming from me. I've had like checking the expiration date of your passport. Totally, that is a, what, you laugh, but I'm sorry, but you laugh. But it's, I, I laugh at myself thing. all the time. It's well, the, hey, it's the only thing that brings me sanity. I mean, <laughs> hi. I also do dance videos, so I clearly laugh at myself as well too. I, I don't take it. I don't take myself too seriously. But you know, understanding that like people are are, are craving this information, and it's like, oh, cool. I actually have information that might be interesting to other people and i'll do that and i'll still do my other things and i'll go about and explore things but i really want to add like more like content content that's more than just maybe a travel inspiration and travel um you know ideas or oh things to do which are great and legitimate but like let's get some some good stuff out there because there's a, there's a lot going on in the travel world right now so. well and i can tell you from a marketing aspect all the gurus uh, whoever or self-proclaimed gurus online we all agree mm -hmm. that if, if you're going to grow a following or you're trying, if you're trying to really grow your brand, you have to put your best stuff out there. Don't mm -hmm. hold the secrets in like this totally. whole, like, Oh, you got this behind lock and key and you gotta, you gotta opt in. And then, and then after maybe <laughs> 10 or 15 emails on my stalker list, I'll give you like maybe some nuggets. Like, no dude, like put together like your top 10 best tips, put like, maybe put it out as like an e-guide that people can download off your site, whatever, like give, give away your best stuff. Cause that's mm -hmm. going to build loyalty. Yep. And people are going to trust you more because like, oh, dude, she didn't hold back, man. She really gave me a ton of great stuff that she could have charged me for, but she didn't. And mm -hmm. that's what's going to build respect. And that's what's going to, because then people are going to share you. They're like, oh my God, you got to go check out her video feed. She shares so much stuff. Nobody's doing what she's doing. And that's what you want. So I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's super exciting. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, I'm actually really pumped that I'm going to be giving a talk in December talking about the future of travel. So I'm getting to talk about the whole tech play in that mm. millennials, you, you Airbnb. And, um, it's a really, it's a really interesting time. And I, I think, um, I was actually just reading up and I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's actually a thing called over tourism that is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's basically because in places, key places like New York City, Venice, Italy, Iceland, um, places like that where tourism, because of, you could say, things like Uber, so ride sharing or cheaper flights. We all know about the cheap flights to Iceland. Um, Airbnb making it easy, easier and cheaper to stay, that there are some of these locations that they're actually inundated with tourists yeah. and because of the whole everybody's craving that local flavor they're actually veering away from the traditional tourist hotspots and they're in essence invading the local neighborhoods so right. the locals are, are really trying to find and like keep in a sense of their neighborhood to themselves and you've got all these people that are like craving it so yeah, they what? feel like they're, they're they feel like they're tapping into the untouched stuff, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And but it's untouched I, I'll, I'll stuff. admit you. I mean, I'm not that hardcore about that, but yeah, I don't go to the overly touristy stuff like when I go places. I yeah. I'm not because I can't stand tour. I mean, no, no, no. I, no, I, no. I stand the right way. I can't stand the crazy tourists. Like, well, look, throngs yeah. of people. When you've got that, you know, that's not exciting. I always make a point to at least put my eyeballs on on the big things because yeah. at times I'm like I'm like okay like you know okay I'm in Rome like I should at least like look look at the Vatican I don't need to go in I'm okay but like sure. I can look at it or whatever the case is so um 
you know, look at it at least, but then, but then go and explore the other things because that's where you're going to find all the, okay. the interesting moments. But it's an interesting time for travel. No, I'm intrigued. We, we're going to have to do another episode and we could dig more into that, that deeper thread yeah. of your over-tourism component. Especially yeah. if that, is that, is that something that's going to be key as far as part of what you're speaking on? I'm actually over, I'm definitely going to be touching on it. Um, what I'll, I'll be touching on really is going to be technology, millennials and Airbnb Ooh. as it relates to hospitality. So when I'm is that? super, that's going to be December 13th. Um, and then I'm going to try and see if I can film that so I can share that content. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to talk about it more in depth because I, I get so excited about it. It's kind of dorky and amazing, but it's like, there's so much awesome stuff. And I think it's, people are looking at things in a different way. They have a, so maybe what we do is if you're game, maybe I have, maybe we wait until after you've done it. Yeah. Because then your, your brain's going to be wired differently, right? Because now, as soon as yep. you finish a speaking event, because I do public speaking, once you finish it, then you start going back over everything you talked about. You're like, okay, what could I have changed? What could I have done differently? Plus, by then, yeah. you, you would have gotten maybe feedback from that audience and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if you videoed it, then I've got something that I can hyperlink into your show notes Done. When I publish that episode to get cool. more, uh, you know, tying all the... Uh, strings together so to speak together. uh but yeah. we should definitely let's try and do that let's try and schedule you a return after the 13th or maybe right, whatever you you figured that out i mean mm-hmm. you know my schedule's easy to access you know that now um because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that'd be really powerful because like do you know is it is it is like a closed door style event or is it a big it event? is a closed door style event so it's actually it's a it's a networking event for hospitality execs so that's the other aspect of it is i'm actually speaking to general managers of hotels directors of sales and marketing yeah um, all, you know, the people, the real decision. This makers. is perfect then because you get to talk to the professionals and then mm-hmm. obviously the, the millennial generation is the, t- one of the target audiences of this mm-hmm. show. So then we, you and I can then reflect on the other side yeah. of that equation and how, that, sure. what you spoke on and what their feedback was and then what you see that impacting us, because that's the power of the millennial generation, my Gen X generation, everything we're doing is that. We should be traveling more and experiencing more of our world cultures, mm-hmm. but in the right frame of mind, in the right way. And totally. I'd be really cool. I'm really intrigued now to hear what would come out of that. Yeah, so. no, no, for sure. I'm excited to share. So yeah. Yeah. it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that's literally less than a month away for you. So I know. And in fact, I'm going to be down the street from you in just about three days. Oh, that's right. Crap. Yeah, the holiday. So yeah, yeah uh, well, and I'll be, I will be back on Thanksgiving. I obviously Sweet. I told you last time I'm going up to Harlem, New York to do my annual charity mm-hmm. event. So I'll be up there. I'm actually going to go up Tuesday night. Uh, Sister Mary already called me. She's like, I'm booking you rooms. It's cool. So um, right across from like a block or two diagonal up the street from Columbia University's campus is this old massive like, I don't, I, I call it the Parliament Building of New York City. Okay. It, 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 you know, picture the Parliament Building of the UK. Yeah. And, and it's, but it's a it's a church owned structure, and it's massive. Okay. It, massive. It's a full, like New York City block size in all directions. Massive, like the courtyard in the middle of it. Anyway, apparently it's something seminary or some massive seminary building in New York City. It's been here forever, and um, like churchy people stay there like it's their hotel churchy so people. i don't know I'm not, I'm not very religious um i'm not either <laughs> so like, okay pardon my terminology but anyway uh for the past couple of years she's always put up 
some of her family members who come in and volunteer at the event. Yeah. Uh, like every year, uh, my, my late night crew, when we're like sleep deprived, cause I, I don't sleep. I run the kitchen all night long now. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of key people that hang out like her. I think it's her, like her grandson or granddaughter or whatever. They're actual, um, volunteer paramedics and firefighters up in Northern New York. And they drive in for this event every year. So I go up, they come down and then we have all of our regular volunteers that come back every year too. Uh, but we all, she always gets a, a couple of rooms at the seminary building and we just, yeah. it's, it's great. Cause we only have to walk like a block or two up and we got a place to crash. If, nice. if we find time to go and just lay our heads down for an hour or something like yeah. that. So I usually leave with some good bloodshot eyes and high on coffee. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I'll, I'll def- because I, I it just got to the point where when I first started helping that event, I would try and run the kitchens on that long, and then I would go out to the actual street phase, which oh. is all Thursday morning. And the one year I stayed until sunset, uh, and I was actually helping clean up all the tables and stuff. Because again, we don't serve the food to the public. We actually like we 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 invite them to have Thanksgiving dinner with us on the oh, streets nice. of New York. So it's not like, oh, here, we're here to help feed you. Like, no, no, we want to, yeah. uh, especially for some of the homeless who don't have families or whatever, like, hey, we will sit down with you on the curb and, and have dinner yeah. with you. Yeah. So, but I love that. That's yeah, awesome. Well, so, uh, but I, I'll be coming back though. I, I, I reached a point where I'm like, okay, it would be nice to actually spend some time on Thanksgiving around here. So family, it's uh, good. Yeah. So, uh, but plus we do a, a my friends and I, we do an annual mountain bike ride Thanksgiving, oh, Thanksgiving morning. You got to do that. And it's it, Well, we call it the Jaeger ride. So okay. everybody brings a different Jaegermeister concoction in their water bottles on their bikes. And, and that's how they start. That's good times. That's how they start off the Thanksgiving day before they have to go deal with their families. <laughs> so this. Oh, gosh. And I can't me, imagine. There's been years with snow and ice on the ground. So it's like, it's, there's been some very interesting mountain bike rides every year for Thanksgiving. So I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're special. Uh, yeah. But no. Well, that'll be good. Well, I was going to say, so when, when do you, how long are you here for? Just Thursday? Uh, um, I'm No, I, I actually get in Tuesday and then I'll be there through till at least the following Sunday. Oh, dude, we got to catch up while you're here then. That'd be yeah, so in cool. person. Yeah. Are you kidding me? For yeah. sure. We should like hit a, I don't know, hit a Starbucks, a coffee shop. I don't care. We'll catch up somehow. No, that'd be perfect. Um, yes, please. All right, good. Well, off this call, we'll do like a Facebook messenger or email thing and I'll get you my cell or whatever. But yeah, I'll so, be, yeah, I'm yeah. here. I'm here because I've done enough travel over the past few weeks. I'm looking forward yeah. to <laughs> You're like, just hanging I just want to hang local. It's it's nice. Like, I can't wait to go have a workout tomorrow morning at my my CrossFit gym. I'm like, I just, right? just uh, it's simple things. So. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, listen, I, uh, we got to bring this show to an episode to a close. I definitely get, I want to get you back in after your, your amazing speech and presentation. Um, For sure. if it was a public event, I would share the information, but that's cool. You guys are doing your closed door professionals. Uh, I have public events that are coming up next year. So okay. when we get to that point, we'll okay. share that. All right. So for our listeners benefit, um, and just like last time, I always give you, the co-host, the final words to close out, close out the show. But before that, uh, since we geeked out so much about travel and stuff in South Africa and L.A. and this new happy place, is there any like tips, new tips that were have popped up recently that you would want to share for our listeners? Like Ooh. maybe a top one or two things or three. Um, like, for example, me being a rookie, not really getting used to using concierges. Like what is your top three 
recommendations for using a concierge. Okay, cool. I can do that. I like that. Um, w- one is to have a general idea of what you want to do. I know that sounds silly. It may be kind of basic, but there's so often people will come up to me and they're like, what should I do? And it's like, well, what do you like to do? Everything. No. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. We got to narrow that down. Um, same goes for for restaurants as well, too. Like, get specific. Um, you yeah, know, like, what's your people, favorite cuisines? Yeah. So or, it's like, what's or, your, or it's like, hey, I'm in the mood for a burger. Okay, cool. That narrows that conversation down. Or if, and, I, if I walked up to you, though, because I think it's, I want to play two-way with you because some of my sure. listeners are going to be like, well, what, is, what does she still mean by that? But like, so if I came up to you and said, listen, these are my favorite foods, but I'm looking to be adventurous, so... I don't, you know, in LA, is there like a, a famous or a well, a very good um, Ethiopian restaurant nearby? I don't know. Like I want to have yeah. something unique, you know, stuff like that. For right? sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, a lot of times what comes up is someone's like, Hey, can you help me with a dinner reservation? I'm like, absolutely. Any sort of cuisine that you're in the mood for. And then at that point, they're like, Oh, I, I just want something good. And I'm like, okay, well, good is definitely what you're going to get from me. Yeah. But, but then it's like, what kind of ambiance? Exactly. Kind of, um... And I'm like, cool. You want Japanese? Do you want like like really authentic hole in the wall. Do you want something that's like very yeah. trendy? Do you want to dress up? What, you know, what's yeah, your, what's exactly. your level? Right. So once you kind of like gauge all of that and that's a true concierge is going to have that conversation okay. because you, they, they have to. So be prepared to have a conversation and know that they're not asking questions to be weird or nosy, but they're asking so that they're, they're basically, I, what I, I call it is I call it filtering. I mean, it's like you're kind of like Google searching. It's like, as opposed to just being like Italian food, you know, and you've got this and then it's like, you're just kind of by asking all those questions they're narrowing it down. And then they're like, cool, we've got these three awesome recommendations for you. And you know that those three are going to be tailored to what you want. Nice. So, you know, have an idea of what you want to do, have an idea of what you want to eat. And then don't be afraid to just ask the concierge anything. I mean, I've got people that ask me like, Hey, where's the closest whole foods or, um, you know, I'm really craving um, coconut milk ice cream. I'm yeah. totally making that part up, but you, whatever it is, have that conversation because you never know when the concierge may be an expert in something like that. Yeah. So, and next thing you know, you really get a personal personal approach. So, yeah, because I think last time you and I joked around about like hot yoga or something like that. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Was such a joke. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> hey, I love yoga. I like. I cycle it. No. Namaste. Yeah. yeah. And there's different, there's definitely different levels of yoga. So people yeah, understand too. Like for sure. Are you going true hardcore roots, which is more spiritual or are you like going for more workout ish, which is yeah. the really hot yoga? Like, uh, trust me, I got yeah, friends, that's... I got friends who teach and they're like, hot yoga is not real yoga. I'm like, okay, I get off your high horse. I get it. I've experienced all styles of yoga. I respect yeah. your position. But yeah, I'm really in the mood to get a good sweat. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. I, it, the whole yoga world is a whole other thing, especially in LA. Um, but, yeah. you know, I mean, as far because especially here, and I can definitely speak to it here, you know, you have regular yoga places, you have hot yoga, you've got yoga to hip hop music, you've got yoga to rock music, you've got yoga outside, yoga yep. with baby goats. Yoga with baby goats is the thing. There's yoga with baby goats? Yes, I have not done it yet. I really have no desire to 
What, do they do squirt you, you with like goat milk while you're doing yoga? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, but like you're doing like downward dog and then like the goats like jump on you. And I would be like, I don't know. If I, I could get listen, down with the goats I like raised that. goats. I grew up on a farm as a kid. I had goats. Okay. Okay. I milked them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you want to do yoga next milk. to them? No, I would not want to exactly. do yoga next to a freaking goat. It's all for Instagram. There you go. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're looking for something unique for their branding. That's why they're doing they it. Are. Uh, oh LA is crazy, man. I don't know how you survive out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh Take it day by day. Day by day. Oh. <laughs> well, listen, all right. So we, we, we ran over your top three. I love that. Um, so yeah, let's, let's close out the show because uh, I, I don't know. I could do something else. I'm still coming down off the trip. Just too much travel. Um, it's a lot. Well, and then I, then I spent the whole week traveling across upstate New York as soon as I got back. So like I went to my chiropractor, oh, yeah. I went to my chiropractor yesterday and she's just like, I've never felt you this tight. She's like, haven't you been home for a week already from all the flying? I'm like, yeah, but then I went and got in the car and traveled for business. And I did almost a thousand miles in my Ooh. car this week. And she's like, oh yeah, that would explain your tension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, you never, exactly. she's like, you never allowed your body to decompress from all the excessive sitting and the flying. And yeah. I said, yeah, you know, rookie move. So, um, anyway, what, what's your words of wisdom? What would you like? What do you want to close out the show with? What What should what our our listeners do. take away from you right here, right now on this right episode? Here, right now, oh my gosh, we covered what? so much tonight. We did. We covered a lot from you know coming to America in the lobby to. Dude, I gotta um, I gotta find a link to that old movie on IMDb. We got a link oh, to yeah, the show notes. That's happening. That's really happening. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'll go with what. I, this might sound pretty pretty simple and basic. I'm going to take it back to the basics because I think sometimes we live in a very complex world and we need to be reminded of the simple things. I like this. But, hit, um, hit me. Yeah. I mean, it's really a reminder as far, as far as take a moment to be present and be still and really take in everything around you. Um, I, and the reason why that resonates so much with me, especially this week when I was having that moment in that lobby where it was like, culture clash and this and and the juxtaposition of this person and that person and you're like this is real life and we have really crazy is this real life moments all the time you don't have to be working in a crazy hotel in los angeles you can be anywhere to have that moment like whoa and and it just makes you kind of like appreciate certain things and maybe just look at things in a different way so just take it back to the basics. And this is a good time for it a lot with family and holidays and change of pace. Yes. Find a moment of still stillness and presence and, you know, take it in and appreciate what's around you. <laughs> no, I, I said, that's a very valuable point. I could tell you that came into my head multiple times when I was in Africa. So I'm glad you're bringing that up because as you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, like leaving Cape Town, driving to the f famous Franschuk wine country, and I'm looking out the car window and seeing shanty towns made out of pieces of scrap metal that people are living in, and they have concrete porta johns yeah. walled up for like a half a mile because they don't have plumbing. These are just it, the, the differences of people's income and what we're experiencing. So I'm experiencing all these amazing things, but there's also some not so amazing things around yeah, us. Know. You know, that's a different culture. Like totally. you say, slow down, like take it all in, appreciate what you have. Especially on the holiday season. So Yeah. Um, absolutely. I love that. Give thanks. Oh, it's so pro Boom. There you go. We just, just rock some profoundness. I love that. <laughs> I love, love it. Love it. All right. Well listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye. To our listeners, guys, that is Sarah Dendashi. Ask a concierge dot TV, not dot com. 
Go check out the videos. She's got a wealth of videos. We already said it earlier in the show. I mean, she's got a whole lot going on, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot more fun video content coming soon, too. And we're definitely going to get her back on next month because I can't wait to decompress after her presentation. Uh, but again, to our listeners, guys, this is what we're all about, okay? We're talking a lot about health, business, and lifestyle. This is key on lifestyle. This is what it's about, guys. Take action. Think outside the box. Go visit askaconcierge.tv. Follow some of her content. Follow her on Instagram. I'm going to go find Donnie on, on Instagram so I get off this call tonight. But again, keep living a fired up epic life, guys. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel fans. Quick commercial break. Uh, before we close out the episode, just wanted to give you some extra tips and tricks before we send you on your way. So again, thank you again for listening to the Live the Fuel show. I hope you got a lot out of this recent episode. Uh, more importantly, please subscribe to this show if you haven't subscribed yet. Stay in touch. Get me some feedback. Submit a review on iTunes or Stitcher and get us yet the voice of you, the listener, so we can build this content back into the show and make sure that I'm actually taking you, the listener, into this uh, design and future as Live the Fuel grows. So again, subscribe, submit a review, stay in touch. Heck, on that point, go visit livethefueltank.com. Livethefueltank.com. That will take you to the link to our private Facebook group community where you can join and I can stay more in touch with you going forward outside of the podcast world. All right, last quick little piece here for you guys, some extra value. One, Go to livethefuel.com main page. You'll see on there we have our free resources guide. If you are looking for free content and not having to pay for it, consider getting on my email list. You click on the button, send me my copy, get your Super 7's resources guide. There's over 21 of my favorite online resources that I've built into this little uh, electronic guide for you guys. There's no cost. It'll just be emailed to you just by hopping on my email. Again, just thank you for listening. I want to give you some value. Uh, Second piece of my little extra nuggets of knowledge, if you want to call it this, is go to the resources section on the site. In there, I have three columns, health, business, lifestyle, and two right off the bat that I want to make sure you guys are taking advantage of is number one, eatpillynuts.com, and number two, villacapelli.com. Their logos are on the site. You got a big bowl of nuts there, and you got a cool big V Power V logo. Both of those, if you use the discount code FUEL, F-U-E-L, you will get 10% off at checkout. So take advantage of that, please, and thank you. And more importantly, there's other companies linked on there. Uh, My nutritional and health alignment with Isogenics since 2010. Uh, The Pure Vitamin Club Company for their kick-ass magnesium B12 and an awesome multi-cap. There's some additional business resources on there. Number one, Singularis IT. I go mountain biking and road cycling with the founder. This is a legitimate IT company. I don't care where you are in the world. You can use their services. We're talking about serious white glove level services. I've moved all of my IT solutions over to them, and I outsource them regularly for any future and onboarding clients down the road. And lastly, but not leastly, David Studio. If you have no clue who this guy is, guess what? He is my new audio engineer. This is the guy I've been having making it happen behind the scenes. I found him through the Fiverr world. So if you search for David, D-A-V-I-D, studio on Fiverr, you can track this guy down. But guess what? He's also on the Upwork platform. He's on the People Per Hour platform. You can search for him through his real name. I've never literally physically met this guy or talked to him in person. We have been just met through the online world. But if you search for E-M-I-N, that's, I believe, pronounced Emin, and uh, Fikik, which is F as in Frank, I-K-I-C, you can search for him in Upwork people per hour. Oh, more importantly, just go to Fiverr like I did. But if you are a podcaster or somebody just looking to get quality audio engineering, this is your guy. So again, guys, I'll let you get back to your day. Thanks again for listening to Live the Fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon.
Thank you for listening to Live the Fuel. Visit us at livethefuel.com. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at Live the Fuel. Live the fired up epic life. Hashtag Live the Fuel.